0: Have you ever needed a word from God? You ever come to church and said, man, I sure hope he says what I need to hear. I'm real hungry for something. You ever come to church and been smiling on the outside, hurting on the inside? Needing God to reach down into your heart and life and just speak a word over you that pulled you up, snatched you somehow out of the circumstance and just caused you to prevail in your own heart and life? I remember on one such occasion I needed a word like that, and I don't know if you've ever, I've had many occasions where I needed a word like that, and sometimes it's because of my own problems or my own situation that I need a word like that. Sometimes I bring the trouble on myself. Sometimes trouble finds me. And sometimes, some people just like to cause trouble. But in all three of those circumstances, there have been moments where I've needed God to just say something. I needed Him to tell me, hey, I'm right here. I'm with you. You're not forsaken. I've not abandoned you. I'm right there with you. I needed God to give me a word that said, everything's going to be okay. Anybody else been there? Maybe some of you are there right now. I'll never forget one time I was in a church service and I was so hungry for a word from God. And this was one of the times where it was my problem. You know, I was the issue. You've ever been your own issue? Yeah, okay. Well, don't be all sanctified looking at me like you're holy because I know you've been one of your own. I know it. And I, I, I was my own issue, and, and I, had, I had been some struggles in my life that, that I was dealing with, and I was praying. I said, God, please help me. Speak to me. Speak to me. Give me a word that will help me through this. Help me through this. I was asking God to just come in and, and snatch the problem away or fix the issue or give me the strength to overcome. I was praying for that. And I'll never forget, I went to church and on the outside I was smiling, I was shaking hands, and I was putting on the good religious show, but on the inside, man, I was really hurting. And uh, the, the preacher got up and he announced his title. And when he announced his title, his title was exactly what I had been praying for. I thought in my mind, this is it. God, you're going to speak to me. Finally, a word for me. Unfortunately, that man was only as deep as his title, and he went on a rabbit trail, and he chased rabbits everywhere, and I, he never even spoke about his title. It, never ministered me, it didn't minister to me beyond the title. It wasn't until later that God came in, and he touched me, and he, he helped me to recover from my own situation and my own stuff. And I, what I want to share with you in the life of Jacob is just this, that Jacob has found himself in his own mess. Nobody created this for Jacob, but Jacob did. Jacob is dealing with his own struggle. Laban, he can't go back to Laban because he's he's got problems with Laban. And his brother Esau is coming with 400 men. And he is in a mess. And in Jacob's life, he knows that unless God intervenes, it's over. Have you ever been in a place like that that you were like, You know what, God, if you don't step in here, man, I, I don't know if I can make it. That's where Jacob is. He's in a place where he says, God, I need you. And here he is on the, on the other side of the river, and he's wrestling with God. He's wrestling for God to do something. And he's crying, please, God, bless me. God, bless me. I see you bless them, but bless me. God, reach into the circumstances of my life. Reach into where I'm at and just touch this issue that is in my heart. God, please do something for me. I hope I'm not preaching to myself. I hope that I'm talking to folks who who have been there or are there, or maybe you're getting ready to go there, and you say, yes, I understand what it's like to be in a prayer meeting that says, God, if you don't touch me, I don't know how this is going to work out or "or where where this is going to be solved. I need you. And Jacob is literally crying out for God just to simply intervene in his life. Please, God, intervene. Step into my situation. There was another time in my life where I was struggling again, and this time it wasn't just my fault. It was partly my fault, but it was also somebody else's fault. And I was being attacked by the enemy, and I was in California at the time, and, and there was such strife uh, that was going on. And I literally had scheduled a prayer meeting with God. I told God, I'm coming home from work. I'm going to get in my prayer closet, and I'm going to give you my resignation. I Quit. Don't look at me like you've never been there. I was there. I was done. I was finished. I couldn't take any more of it. I was struggling in my mind, in my heart. And I went into that prayer closet with the intention of quitting and with the depression and the, and the anxiety and all of the attacks of the enemy on my heart. And when I got into that prayer closet, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, no, you're not going to quit. But I've prepared a place for you. Leave California and you go to Springfield, Missouri. And the pastor there will take care of you. So I called that pastor. I couldn't get my feet moving. Any, I mean, I wanted to get out of California as fast as you, can. you could have said leave. Man, I was ready. And I took off to Missouri. But can I tell you what followed me all the way to Missouri? all of the mess followed me all I, I can't believe it got in the back of my truck and went with me and when i got all the way to springfield missouri i was sleeping in a sunday school room crying myself to sleep at night saying god please bless me i need you god i was so desperate for a word at this time that there was a woman in our church that came to our church to preach and And she was a good preacher. I loved her preaching. She was really good at that. But she had this habit of when she prayed for you, she was kind of violent. She didn't just lay her hands on you and pray for you. She put her hands on you and threw you to the ground. And many people would lay there like they were slain in the spirit. When in truth, they were like, thank you. Her hands are off of me. I don't get touched anymore. I'm just going to lay here till she moves on. And, uh, but... And I didn't like that, so I would never let her pray for me. Let me tell you something. I believe in being slain in the Spirit. I don't believe in being slain by you. Come on, amen? When the Spirit of God knocks me down, I'm all right with that. I don't really catch people around here because, first off, if you fall and it's not the Spirit of God and you get hurt, that's what you get for hypocritin' around. Amen? But if the Spirit of God knocks you down, you hit your head, you hit your hip, you're going to get up and go, man, that was the greatest touch of God I've ever had. You ain't going to get up hurt when the Spirit of God knocks you down. Amen? So I, I'm not that, I, I just, I don't, I don't go that route, but this woman was a, she'd knock you down kind of thing. So But I told the Lord in my heart, I said, Lord, I'm going to show you how desperate I am for a touch and a, a, a word from you. I'm going to let her pray for me. So I got up in the prayer line, and I took my stance. And she grabbed my head, and I ain't kidding you, she was as violent as she could be with me. And I wasn't going down. It was like a fight. She went back and side and to the side. I mean, she pulled me forward and backward. I mean, she did, I mean, she wanted me on the ground, and I just wouldn't go. When she was done praying for me, she walked away, and I was the only one still standing. But I was desperate. That night, I was sleeping in the Sunday school room, and if you never slept in a church, that's the creepiest place to sleep in the whole world. And I was sleeping in the church, and and all these creaks and noises, and I remember flipping the lights on in the foyer, and I said, I'm not going to get up from prayer until you touch me. If you don't touch me, then I'll die here. Waiting for you to touch me. I literally pasted. I followed the walls of the fellowship hall. And I just paced around. And I prayed. Until I realized it was about 3 o'clock in the morning. And then I laid down in the center of the room. I could take you to the very place. That God came down. And spoke to me. I could take you there. In my mind I see it. Because it's forever. It will be forever a moment. Where God came down and said to me, everything is okay. Tears flooding my face, laying prostrate in the center of this room, and I'm crying out, please, God, bless me. Please, God, touch me. And a presence of God filled that entire room. And I felt it. I felt him touch me from my back as I was laying face down on the floor. And I felt a, a power come over me. And all of a sudden, the depression, the anxiety, the fears, all those things vanished in his presence. I got up from that prayer meeting knowing with a renewed hope and an excitement in my heart. I knew that God was going to change the course of my life forever from that moment. And God changed it all then. And in that prayer time, I can tell you that that's where God touched me and gave me a word. Can I talk to people today who are just like me that night? You're still holding on for a word. Can I talk to people like Jacob who are who are hurting? You've been hurt. Maybe it's your own doing, but you're still hurt. Maybe it's somebody else's doing, but you're still hurt. Maybe you didn't even expect it. It just happened and you're hurt. And you're in pain. It's like Jacob having the touch of God and his hip out of joint. And he's still holding on to God. He's saying, I need you to bless me. Can I talk to somebody who's in this house with a smile on their face, but yet in their heart there's some deep-rooted pain or hurt in their life, and they're, they're hiding it from everybody, but inside they're saying, God, I'm here. I'm smiling, but I'm here. But, Lord, in truth, what I need is you to reach down in my life. And speak to this situation. Touch me and let me know everything's going to be okay. I need the fear and the anxiety to run away from me. I, I need your presence to totally eclipse everything that I'm facing right now. Can I talk to somebody who's still holding on like that this morning? Can I talk to somebody that you're still on the end of your rope right now and you have had the prayer meetings of I don't know if I can make it through this or I don't know if you can, if it's possible for this to even be fixed. I don't know if I could ever find the joy that I'm truly looking for and you're holding on to the end of your rope and the winds of this world are blowing violently against you and you're swaying around back and forth. You're emotionally up one moment and down the next. You're, you're excited one moment and you're depressed the next. Next, can I talk to somebody who's still holding on to God even though they hurt? Can I tell you, that's the best way to hold on to God is in the pain. Matter of fact, I submit to you that in these moments we often say, God, where are you? Why are you allowing this? God, how come this has happened to me? And there's this sense that you're overwhelmed. And and can I just tell you this? God is understanding of the fact that you don't understand him. When you're saying why and, and you're hurt and you're saying, God, where are you? God isn't up there getting mad at you because you said that. He knows that his thoughts are not your thoughts. He knows that his ways are past finding out for you. But this is when you and I come to the place that we got to trust that where we are right now, the next step is the word that we're looking for. You see, the word didn't come in Jacob's life until the pain came. Is it possible, Christian, that where you are right now, the pain, the hurt, the suffering that you're going through right now is all to get you to the word that God wants to give? Oh, it is very possible. Matter of fact, I believe that some of the greatest words you'll ever get will be in the most difficult places of your life. They will be when you don't understand and when you can't figure it out. The greatest words don't come on a mountaintop. They come in the sun-beaten valley where you are hot and sweaty and burnt and you are struggling in your heart. They come when you're falling apart. That's when the word of God is seared into your mind and heart and you hold on to it and you say, That's the word for me. That's what's going to bring me through this. That word is my word. Oh, I like words like that. Yeah, God understands it. Let me tell you this. A prevailing word comes through prevailing prayer. A prevailing word will come through prevailing prayer. Christian, you will never receive a word that will lift you up if you haven't learned to pray when you are down. You got to push through to get to the word that I'm talking about. And unfortunately, many people don't want to push through. They give up too quickly because they are, they are struggling. They are hurting, and the pain of what somebody said or the pain of the circumstance causes them to say, I quit, or, or they're done with it, and they run and jump ship and say, I'm finished with it, instead of pushing through. How many, I cannot tell you how many people have probably quit right on the brink of receiving the word that they were hungering for. How many people are home today sitting on their, in their couch or doing what they want to do because they were hurting one day and God was about to give them a word and instead of them holding on for the word, they decided to quit and give up. There's something needs to be said about prevailing prayer. Christians, we are a people of prayer. I don't know where this philosophy has come into the church, but it's crept into the church that we don't even pray in church anymore right we've gotten rid of altars we have you stand we dismiss you in prayer you go home jesus didn't say that he said my house shall be called a house of prayer i don't have time to articulate a deep sermon on prayer but i can tell you there's something needs to be said about you have not because you ask not you can have it if you pray about it if you get on your knees and seek god about it The God you serve is looking to hear from you. I want you to notice that Jacob is wrestling with God. Can I tell you that in your prayer meeting, you might find yourself wrestling with trying to understand who God is. You may be struggling with men and with God. But in the prayer closet, you can find the prevailing word that gets you above it. see, it was the prevailing word of God that came after the pain. After the pain came the prevailing word. And the prevailing word will change the way you see you. This is fascinating. When the word of God came to Jacob, it changed his whole perception of himself. He says, bless me. Jacob says, bless me. And he says, what's your name? He said, my name is Jacob. He goes, no more. Your name is no longer Jacob. Your name is Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. You have prevailed. Is The word Israel, the name Israel, means one who prevails with God. That's what it means. You have prevailed. And all of a sudden in this prayer closet, the wrestling with God, comes the grand shift in his life. Through the pain comes the word, and the word brings the change. Amen? The word shifts it all, and all of a sudden, Jacob goes from being Jacob to having to tell everybody, hey, guess what? I'm not Jacob no more. Can you imagine how awkward that must have been? When Jacob comes across the brook, and he looks at his wife, and he says, Hey, hey honey, I want you to know, I know you know me as Jacob, but over there, God told me that's not me anymore. I want you to know my name is Israel. That's my new name. And can I tell you that when the word of God comes to you like this, other people may be critical of the fact that God has changed you to such a degree. But can I tell you that there's a lot of people in Christianity that had to reintroduce themselves? To a whole lot of people that they used to hang with? Anybody here ever had to tell somebody, yeah, that ain't me no more? Come on, somebody. God has changed. The Word of God has changed me. I am no longer that person. Oh, uh, hey, hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, buddy. Hey, I'm going to go to the bar and get myself totally drunk and have a great time. Oh, you want to go? Uh, I'm sorry, man. i you know... Sunday I was at church and ah oh man I can't you know I Sunday I the word of God touched me and and man I got drunk on the Holy Ghost I I thought it happened I mean I really did but hey guess what let me let me invite you over to church where the where the, where the water never runs dry baby where the, where it gets so good and you don't need to come up and down and go get another fix why don't you come on down to the house of God and get what I got that you can't get down there on a bar stool at the drug lord house or on the psychiatrist Why don't you come down to the house of the Lord and receive a, 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 a new name that requires a new introduction? I'm so thankful that God has changed me like that. That now I'm no longer introducing myself as being the old Bruce. No, that ain't me no more. I'm a new person. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. The prevailing word in Jacob's life changed the way he even looked at himself. Can I tell you that the way God sees you may not be the way you're seeing yourself? You can actually be your harshest critic. You can actually allow the enemy to come into your mind and totally steal the blessings of God right out of your mind. That little inner voice inside of you that likes to talk to you likes to tell you how you feel about yourself. You're no good. You're not a successful person. Look at where you are. you made mistakes. You have failed. You are not the greatest Christian. All those words that come into your mind and heart and all the while God says, no, I have said this is not who you are and this is who you are. I have said you are no longer a supplanter, a deceiver. I have said you are one who prevails with me. I have said you are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. I have said that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Can I... Talk to somebody who needs a word like that. Who, when anxiety comes into your mind and heart. Oh, how we need a word that says, let me change the way you see you. Let me change the way you see you. Jacob's word was a way to shift the way he viewed his own self. And I feel like that's what God wants to do in here. He wants you to see you in him. He wants you to see you in him. And when you see you in God, oh, all things are possible. All things are possible. Jacob's whole life, all his whole life shifted when the word of God came to his life. Now, Jacob goes forward in this word. He comes out from this word. Let me just share quickly two beautiful truths that this word created in Jacob's life. First, it it completely, we talk about prevailing prayer, and we talk about the way he sees himself, but there are two important facts that come when you're in this low place when the word of God comes to you. Two important things. One, a prevailing word will release you. A prevailing word will release you. I don't know if you've ever been in the prison of your own mind. But if you have, you have a God who knows how to release you. I don't know if you've ever been in the pits of your own struggles. I don't know. I can't tell you about you, but I can sure testify about myself. I've been in my own holes. I've been in other people's holes. And I've been in the devil's holes. And none of the holes are good. And I 've needed a prevailing word to pull me out of that, and can I tell you that the release that comes from a prevailing word is like a is like a prisoner who's been bound and guilty? for all the charges that were against them, and they've been in prison, and they deserve to be in prison, but one day here comes the guard, and he unlocks the door, and he opens the door, and says, my dear friend, I I have great news to tell you. You were guilty, but the President of the United States has decided to pardon you, and the word has come down from the higher-ups that you are no longer allowed to be locked up in this place. You are a free man. Has anybody ever got a word from God like that, where the prison door opened up, and all of a sudden, you were a free person all of a sudden you were released and you didn't have to stay there anymore you were no longer chained there or kept there you walked out a free person oh I like the word of God that gets me free from my sin can I tell you your past can be your bondage what you did before can be your bondage. But I'm, I'm here to preach to you and tell you that the word of God says no. You are set free from where you come from. And what you did, Jacob, back there. And what you did to your brother Jacob back there. And what you did to your, your uncle Laban back there. I release you from it. I feel a release in this house. Somebody is going to be released from where you were, where you come from. Oh yes, they meant to hurt you and all things work together for good to them that love God. And I'm telling you that what God is about to do with you is give you a testimony that says this is where I used to be. Now let me show you how to get to where I am. That's what God wants to do with you. And you can only get there when you have a prevailing word that sets you free. Everything Jacob struggled with instantly was gone when the word said, you are no longer Jacob. You are Israel. You are released. And the second thing that I want to point out is that Jacob walked in the confidence of this word because a prevailing word will restore confidence that has been lost. It's in the pit that we're not so confident. Is it possible that you could do something, God, with me? Is it possible that, this, that you can heal my circumstance? Is it possible, Lord? And, and we say in our heart, oh, all things are possible. It's one thing to stand up, you know, in a church service around all these people of faith and go, all things are possible. It's another thing to be at home in the pit. Look yourself in the mirror and say, with God, all things are possible. That's another thing altogether, isn't it, Christian? When you're alone, when you're, when you're in that place. And can I tell you, Jacob wasn't wrestling with his wife over there. He wasn't wrestling with his children over there. He was wrestling with God about himself. All by himself. And in that situation... The Word of God comes down into his life through the pain of his touch. The Word of God comes to the prevailing prayer of Jacob. It comes in a form of release. It comes to set him free completely. And then Jacob arises from that. He's limping because of the circumstances. Anybody ever been limping because of your circumstances? Come on, somebody. Anybody ever been hurt because of where you come from? It's all right to walk with the limp, but you don't. see on the inside that what God has done on the inside has restored some confidence that you never had before you know in him in whom you have believed and now you are persuaded that he is able Laban can do Jacob no harm and Esau can do Jacob no harm why because the God that he serves has simply said this is who you are you are no longer this but this is who you are and can I tell you that the enemy has been submitted in your life? And all he can do is do his best to pull you back in your mind. You are no longer a slave to sin. Isn't it fascinating how what used to own you now has to tempt you? Because you are no longer his. You belong to him. That's the glorious beauty of the truth of God. God. That you know something really has happened in you, you're no longer you. Go to church? What do you mean, go to church? That sounds boring. Then you get Jesus in your life and you're like, go to church? Woohoo! Okay! Things change. That's the beautiful testimony that something has happened. And can I tell you that the God you serve is a restorer of confidence. That when you lack the confidence to arise, God will give you a word that says, this is who you are, and you will simply walk in it. It's through this word that Jacob will hug the neck of Esau and weep and kiss him and have the greatest reunion that I see in the Bible, aside from Joseph and the family. But a great reunion takes place because of one man willing to pray through to a place that says, I've got confidence that my God is with me. He spoke to me. Melissa, would you come to the piano? I remember that's exactly how I felt that night in Springfield, Missouri. When the Holy Spirit came down and touched me, I was released from the bitterness. I was released from the anxiety and the fear of all the things that had befallen me back in California. I was released from the attacks of the enemy. I was completely released. And the confidence I had that tomorrow is a greater and better day because my God is with me. It comes by a prevailing word. There's a song. I care not today what the morrow may bring. If shadow, sunshine, rain, the Lord I know rules over everything, and all my worry is vain. I'm living by faith in Jesus above. I'm trusting, confiding in His great love, and from all harm, safe. In his sheltering arms, I'm living by faith. I feel no alarm. Let the storm clouds arise. It does not bother me, for my Jesus looks on at my strife, the psalm says. I'm living by faith. I have confidence that where I am right now, God is giving me a word to go forward in. And I want to I want to leave you with this word. Would you stand with me? Here's the word, okay? I preached all that to tell you this. Are you ready? It's very simple. God is with you, you will prevail. I said, God is with you. You will prevail. Christian, don't quit before the, the word comes. Don't quit before the confidence sets in. Don't quit. Before the release comes. Don't quit until you change the way you see you. Don't quit until that word will shift your whole life. Don't give up until you have that in your life. Jacob held on until the word came. Christian, hold on until the word comes. Hallelujah.